Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. And we, we call small business owners of companies, regardless of what industry, whatever they're doing, makes no difference. We basically uh, deal with companies the size of 1 to 25 employees in any industry. Along the way, we're going to give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're just starting or you're established. I'm here with my longtime partner. Fifteen years we've been doing this coaching together. Um, his name is Adam Sunholder. Hello, Adam. <laughs> I'm Jack Mancini. Hello, Jack. How are you this evening? I'm excellent, by the way. That is good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yes, we have a lot of fun on our show here. As Jack mentioned, we've been together as business partners now for going on 15 years, and we've been doing this show for a little bit over a year now. We have a lot of fun on Dirty Secrets of Small Business to help share a lot of the experiences that, that, that we have had, not only personally, but with the hundreds of clients we've coached. And as Jack mentioned, they're typically smaller companies which we define as anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. And it's, uh, it's great to be able to share a lot of those stories and a lot of that wisdom. And uh, years ago, we, we kind of tried to boil down what we do. We talked about helping owners get unstuck from the state of how, mm. H-O-W. And it often elicits one of those kind of furrowed brows or smiles where people kind of, you know, tell me more about that. And as we talk about owners of companies, and if you're an owner yourself listening here today or if you work for an owner of a small company, take notice. Chances are they're probably asking a lot of how questions week in and week out, day in and day out. How could they not, Adam? How could they not ask how questions? <laughs> how do I do this myriad of business things that I never signed up for, but I have to do anyway to run my business? So if, if the world was kind of on a closed caption, Jack, where you could kind of see what everybody was saying or not saying you'd see that word how coming up a lot and if you had one of those uh those word clouds you know what i'm talking about those word clouds are very popular these days you've probably seen one of those before you know i'm sure you have that i know you've seen one no, you, you got to go a, back a little while ago for me. right where you have people <laughs> will take a document right and, and they'll and they'll they'll search on a document or a website and, and they'll search for the most popular words and it comes back in a kind of a cloud shape with a bunch of words kind of put together and the words that are said the most kind of pop out as bigger, right? bigger font and, and more bold. So in a case of an owner, you'd have how would dominate that cloud. Oh, absolutely. Dominate that cloud to the point where even the secondary or, 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 or tertiary words would be much smaller, much fainter. Tertiary words. Wait yes. a minute. That's one of those fancy words again. I know. I'm trying you to make like sure to, you're paying you attention. Like to use, <laughs> you like to use fancy <laughs> words. I like to throw them out there to make sure you're paying attention, Jack. So. Tertiary. <laughs> Let's see. That must mean three. Three. <laughs> okay. That's right. Third. All right. Very good. <laughs> we like to educate people along the way as well. We <laughs> go back and forth like this to help make sure we're doing that. So uh, we do that a lot. And, and when, we, when we focus our show here, it's geared towards that. It's geared towards helping owners get unstuck in the state of how. And we'll phrase our, or we'll focus our show on a how question usually. And it can be one that we have ourselves we'll bring up or, or folks that call in. Um, you're always welcome to be part of our show. You can email us at uh, radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can get us in the studio. Uh, starting now, uh, we, are, we are live in the studio on Wednesdays from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And the number in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. You know, that number hasn't changed when we were uh, doing these broadcasts at noon on Mondays. Uh, whole different world. 7.30 in the evening brings out a lot of interesting <laughs> things. 
<laughs> and small business owners are usually sitting or driving somewhere, sitting, sitting having coffee somewhere, dinner, or, or driving from work probably more often than not. And we look forward to a lot of participation from small business owners in our show. Yeah, Hit those how questions. I say chances are most of our, most of our clients or folks who would be clients of ours aren't drinking coffee at 7:30 at night. No. Chance of the cracking a beer or maybe a scotch or something like that, Jack. No, no, not our clients. <laughs> <laughs> our clients Most don't touch alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> we touch alcohol, but they don't touch alcohol. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, again, you're always welcome to be part of the show, and we'd love to have you be, have you be part of the show. Um, to kick off today's show, we wanted to kind of touch on a, something that's been kind of bounced around a little bit. It's happened and you know, near and dear to our hearts, but also a lot of our clients wrestle with this as well, is how do you... How do you prompt the break of a long-term relationship? Oh boy! How do you do that? And that's you know, let me frame this a little bit. So, for, from from a long-term relationship, it could be a uh, a customer of yours, it could be an employee of yours, or a partner, or a vendor. But you know, chances are, if you've been in business for a little while, you have some longer-term relationships, folks that have been there for a while. What are you talking long-term? What what comes to your mind when you? I'd Let's say just stick to a long-term client for starters. I'd say I'd say at least five to ten years to me would become a longer-term relationship where you've got you know y- y- you've been through some stuff you know, you know over the course of a five or ten-year period you've been through some ups and you've been through some downs you kind of been you know you've been through some good times and bad times and everything in between at that point so you've gotten a real good chance to kind of see how each other performs during the, during those things. And I think that's, you know, so it, it can be hard to want to break those up. It's m- much like any kind of personal relationship. If, if all of a sudden you've had a friend for a while, you've been dating somebody, whatever it might be, or, or if it's been a marriage, um, people usually don't break those things off real easily. They and shouldn't. And, you know, your your analogies are good. And like like our business, business coaching, every time we break from a customer, whether it's good, bad, whoever initiates it, uh Regardless of the reason, good reason or bad reason, it's always coming back to your cloud discussion <laughs> before. There's a little dark cloud over it all. It just it doesn't feel good because of a long-term relationship ending. It never does. There's no good positive spin, unless, of course, that client uh, you, you've been trying to figure out a way to to get rid of them. We don't do that anymore in our in our 15-year uh, coaching experiences. When there's a bad situation that, that we sense, we break it off right away rather than let it linger. But there's always a feeling of discomfort, of loss to, to some degree, like any relationship. And our clients are good. You know, we enjoy our clients, so we hate to see them go. Yeah, I think that's true for, for most folks, and we get our clients to, to, to do that as well when it comes to if, if something's not working to try to cut it off sooner versus later. Yeah, you know, I remember when we had our first our first client break from us. I mean, I, That's right. I had to hold you back, Jack. I mean, you're ready, like, wait a minute, you can't, you, you can't, can't do that. You can't dismiss <laughs> us. You know. Doesn't work. You're not ready yet, right? <laughs> and it was it was full of emotion, and and what happened was we were we were totally caught off guard. And often when it goes for a little while, you you can start to get a sense that maybe there's some things that need to be tweaked, or it's not quite working on all cylinders per se. Sure, but we aren't we aren't ready to let them go. That's right. right. But they were ready They're to ready. flap their wings. They <laughs> they learned a lot of things. They were grateful. The the relationship was good. Still is, by the way. In fact, their story is uh, the one you're talking about is a great success story. Sure it is. Ended up uh ha- gaining knowledge as we said at the outset of the show 
that knowledge was put to very good use to where they evolved through many different ways to ultimately sell this company for a very, very good profit and uh, worked out pretty good. Well, but the first time we, yeah, we, we liked these guys so much and we still had great, great ambitions for them. Well, we weren't quite in total sync, but it wasn't negative. No, no. Well, it was, it was funny. What happened was it, was it was after a couple of years and took a break for probably a year or two. And then we came back on board for another year, okay, because there were some different things that were happening. As the flapping and the wings was going on, there were some different situations that came about. You know, In this case, he was looking at acquiring a different company. He was having some issues with his partner that he was, he was trying to work through. And so was really starting to, 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 to wanted to have that sounding board to come back in and talk through a lot of these things. And, and really what, what happened, he was looking around for answers, how questions. Right. He had a bunch of how questions, and he couldn't get answers for them. Right. So he came to a great source. So don't, don't always look at it as, you know, if you, do start make, if you do make a break, it isn't necessarily, hey, this is it and we're done. It's, hey, we're done for now. That's how, that's how things often work. So, you know, we've tried to learn from that stuff over the years. You know, we had a client who um, was probably four years in, and we, we, and we were sensing about it. And one of the, the things that, that Jack and I have learned, it's part of the beauty of having a partnership, is we've learned that if we're talking about a client in between our meetings a lot, that's usually a sign that things aren't quite working right um, from the standpoint of, you know, it isn't a high five, that was really great, and they're, they're, they're doing really well. It was... How can we make this tweaked a little bit, make this work a little better over here, whatever it might be, to make sure it's starting to work a little differently? So we've learned from our standpoint as far as what are some of those, and that's one of the key things you want to learn is you know, what's a key tip-off to kind of figure out how, how do I know things aren't quite working because nothing's worse, Jack, than being caught off guard because, you know, at that point it can become very, very emotional. People might say and do things that, that they might regret or don't want to you know, normally do versus, hey, let's try to, try to have it um, be a relatively uh, – um, a, a good break off, or if, or if it needs to needs to adjust, you know, that's part of this gear towards. We have to adjust how things are kind of going. That's right. You know, they they our clients evolve with us. All relationships evolve one way or another, and all of a sudden they become strained. Often they become strained, not all of a sudden. And when they do, how do you take care of that? How do you adjust? Well, you have to be aware of it. You can't take this stuff personal. You really can't because it it rarely is personal. Uh, we're talking business coaching. Uh, certainly other relationships can be very personal. But uh, when, when you don't have that, that personality being the big issue, and it's just time to change, time to adjust, that's what makes it difficult. Change well, is tough. Well, one of the things that, that we absolutely love about small business, Jack, is that it does tend to be more personal. When I say that, it's, it's not the cold feel you get from big corporations. That's part of what, what I think attracts many people to the small business world is it has that more human part of it. So that has a very positive thing, but it can also, like in a case like this, it could be a little bit more negative. And so one of the things we'll talk about as we come back here from break is, you know, we were sharing a couple of stories here in terms of what we've been through. We have a lot of clients that have been through this as well, not only with, when it comes to, to customers, but as you look at, again, it could be vendors, could be employees, could be partners, other long-term relationships that are kind of going on. How do you kind of prompt a discussion about either making a change or perhaps making a break for those. So stay tuned. When we come back, we'll be talking more about that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies, 1 to 25 employees, get unstuck from that myriad of how questions.
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. Think of it as most valuable player. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from that state of how. Those never, never ending questions of how that, that plague the business owner. They often don't know who to turn to. They often uh, have to make these decisions somewhat hastily. Often they don't make them, which even causes many more problems. But we help those owners of small companies answer those how questions and help you get unstuck. That's right. And our our question to start out today's show, we're talking about how do you prompt the break of a long-term relationship? Or how do you prompt kind of the changing of that? And um, you're always welcome to be part of the show. We, we invite you to call in. We're live here in the studio from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. That's time is Eastern. Uh, the studio number here is 440-946-9468. You can also email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. So in our, our first segment, we are talking about a couple of examples we have in terms of clients like that, where, where we've had situations where uh, maybe went so well, didn't go so well. Um, you know, we had one that, that went a little better after after several years where, where we prompted it. And we, 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 you like to end on a high note. And we, we, we've been able to do that several times, too, where you kind of say, hey, things are to the point where we're kind of plateauing, let's say. And whenever it comes from our standpoint, we've got clients who, who want to kind of plateau and kind of, it isn't flapping their wings, it's just, hey, they're, they're kind of comfortable where they're at right now. They want to kind of just see what it's like to kind of hang out here Have for a nobody, little bit. You know? nobody bugging them. Yeah, to a certain extent, but it's kind of let's see how things kind of things are going okay right now. Let's kind of just sit and enjoy it, and uh, we encourage you to do that for some period of time. It's hard to get more than a three or six month, or maybe maybe a year of that, because if you aren't driving it as the owner, things will start to happen. You know, they start to get some uh, some chinks in the armor, so to speak, or cracks in the foundation that start to happen. You got to keep running and pushing things along, and. You know, so we had that, you know, the case, you know, we shared the story where, where the one where we, we weren't prepared for it. We had one where it was about four years in, and we, and we actually were prepared for it. We could sense that there was kind of a, a leveling off. And so we sat down, we had, we had a good celebration and kind of, you know, recounted all the successes that we'd had at that point. But said, look, unless there's some change, we can't really see ourselves helping you going forward. And so if you want to change and do things like we were talking about, we, 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 we can see us helping you. But if you kind of want to keep doing what you're doing from this standpoint, why don't we break on a high note? You know, it's been a good, it's been a very, very good run. That's kind of high five, and we had some high fives, and we had some tears as part of it too. But again, it was it, it was a very good break, and you know, into your point earlier, Jack, it's it's maintained a a very very good relationship. You know, where, where we'll yeah, we talk and we get together, and we'll we'll have dinner, we'll text. I mean, again, it's a a very good relationship, and it's best when you can do it that way. That's how good good partnerships should. Take a rest should end, however you want to call it, where the feelings are generally good. Sad, but because of the the parting of the ways, but good because you feel good for each other. You feel good. Hey, we've had a great run with you, and you've been successful, and therefore we've been successful. That's good stuff. It really is, you know. Those how questions are are endless, you know. I mean, we, 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 we can pluck the word how out of the air and apply it to so many questions. How do you know how much to pay your your employees? How do you know that, Adam? How do you figure that one Isn't out? Isn't it whatever they'll take, Jack? Yeah, you think so? You, you look in the paper. The what, lower the better. Do people even look in the paper anymore? <laughs> so you, you, you uh, go online and you try to do what? 
get salary surveys that might work? You think? Yeah, you talk think to some buddies of yours. What are you? What are you paying people, Jack? You, you know, you talk to some friends of yours. Say what kind of you know, what kind of range are you paying folks? Usually it's hourly, right? What do you pay somebody per hour versus? People don't talk in salaries too much with smaller companies. Once yeah. in a while they do. Usually it's more hourly stuff. That's usually a tip off for us. So what what happens? You know, the often because the you don't apply too much science to it. Uh, what happens is that ill feelings start to evolve, and that becomes an issue internally, much very much like breaking with the owners and the business coaches. You know, having a long-term relationship and and breaking that down has lots of facets to it. And we're talking here about owners primarily, but that can translate into problems with your employees as well, long-term employees. Why do they leave? Usually compensation becomes one of the bigger issues. It's, it's not the biggest driver, but often small owners, oh, wait a minute. Our owners, owners. They're they're all maybe big or foot. small. They're over six <laughs> foot. Depends. Owners of small companies don't really know how to structure a salary program. And therefore, you're going to start to alienate some of your internal employees, especially with a long-term relationship. They want more. Well, how do we determine that? There's that how question again. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess, how do you know you have the problem? First of all, I guess the way I would look at it is usually what happens is the ones that you don't want to leave are the ones that start to leave. And the ones that you probably be okay with leaving are the ones that tend to stick around. All right? If... Or do you, do you get blackmailed? Do you, you come in and say, hey, Sometimes you get that. I'm, I'm like really that. uncomfortable with this, and I need a raise. I'm basically being paid less than other guys, uh, other people that are, are working in similar jobs. How do, you, how do you contest that? How do you say, hey, wait a minute. No, that's not true. Where do you go to get that information and talk about it with confidence? That's right. Get some salary studies done, right? That's right. That's what we want to do. Right. We want to keep this long-term relationship alive, not just for the owner-coach, but for the owner and his, his or her employees. Well, it's kind of similar to what we were, we were talking at a show a few weeks back about uh, setting selling price. Same, same so, ballpark. That's right. So what people will often do is they'll kind of, you know, the, the idea is to, is to look around a little bit. So maybe call a few buddies of yours, and maybe they're in the same business you are, similar businesses, and hopefully they're in a similar market, so you have, a, you, know, you have one point of contact to kind of get a sense, hey, we're within a good range or not. But there are, there are salary surveys out there you can get a sense. And it'll, it'll adjust based on what the, what the job is and then the geography as well. And give you a sense. Here's kind of a range. To, to, that's a reasonable range. And if you have that, you know, it's a good, you know, we encourage folks to do it from the standpoint just to kind of see where you're at today. Because I know we always talk about trying to make sure you're in that top quartile, the top 25% that's as far as I pay. That's think most people understand what you just said there. The top 25%, right? <coughs> so. What? Of the range. So if you have a range, let's say you have a, a salary range for a position that's anywhere between forty and forty-five thousand dollars, or forties on the low end and forty-fives at the high end. So we would encourage you to be closer to that forty-five thousand number, maybe in the forty-four thousand range, give or take, maybe forty-three to forty-four thousand, but not in the forty thousand or below forty thousand range. And you know, it's rare that you find that you're that people are being overpaid. All right, first the first thing before we can even do that, we, we have to we have to understand the, uh, the the comparable jobs. So a salesperson in my company might not be the same salesperson as 
somebody else across town or General Electric or whoever it might be. So first thing I got to do is reconcile those jobs and then create salary ranges like you're talking about. Well, that sounds like a lot of work, Jack. It does, and it is a lot of work. And you know what typically happens with the owners of small companies? <laughs> it's so much work. And they're finding they're finding themselves asking those uh, those how asking those how questions and they never get answers because they're talking to the wrong people, so it either becomes work or they say screw it I'm not going to do this. Well, I think sometimes they don't want to know the answer. <laughs> oh, that's true too. You know, one that's of the one of the one of the great uh, I'm not sure who said it, but uh, it's become part of the nomenclature, part of part of culture, which is you know, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to, Jack. Right. And so I think, I think a lot of owners will will will. Oh, wait, that, that that's a political that's a a political strategy for boards of directors okay. or well, boards of committees, whatever it might be. Don't don't ask for a vote until you know how it's going to come out. Well, so you got to do your that's, lobbying. That's similar but different, <laughs> right? In terms of knowing the answer, I'm saying if you don't want to know the answer to the question, don't ask the question. <laughs> People often again that's a. I don't know, that can be very tricky, whether it be, whether it be in business or in personal stuff, too, as far as, hey, do, do you really, do you really want to know Do you really want to know the answer, right? And, I want to uh, know. It goes back, you know, it goes way back in our psyche. So, I all right, so how we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep delving into this here a little bit after the break, Jack, in terms of how do, you, how do you know what to pay your people. So stay tuned to hear more about that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We've been talking about owners of small companies getting unstuck from that state of how. That's what we specialize in. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. Think of that as most valuable player. That's how we think of it. And we're, we're most valuable players with our clients because we have a great time helping them get unstuck from a state of how. All those how questions that they have, and I know you have, I know you do out there, we help frame and provide answers for. Tremendous peace of mind, tremendous results come from that. You know, you should make us our partners because we're good. We have fun doing this stuff. Unstuck from the state of how, that's what we do. That's right. And as often the case, we start off with a how question and it tends to roll into other how questions as well. So we started our, our show today talking about how do you, how do you prompt the break of a, of a long-term relationship and that could be across the board in business and then led into a discussion about how do you determine what to pay your people? Because, you know, again, often what can, what can lead to a break uh, from an employee is if you aren't paying them right. And what, you know, what does that look like? So if you have some of those stories, we'd love to hear them. You can, you can shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. You can also call us. We're live here in the studios on Wednesday evenings from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. That's Eastern Time. And then the, the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, that's 440-946-WINT. So as we're heading to break, Jack, we're talking a little bit about the, 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 the getting a salary schedule in terms of figuring out how to pay people and what, you know, and what do you pay them. Well, you said a lot of small business owners uh, find that too much work, so they don't do it. Right. Or they, don't, know the, or they, don't, they don't want to know the answer to the question, so they don't uh, ask the question. That's right. <laughs> right? Those two. Right. It, you know, it really comes down to they don't know how, H-O-W. They don't know how to do it. So that's why it's a lot of work, a lot of frustration, a lot of negative things emanating the fact that they don't, 
I used the big word too, emanating. I got to watch that. That's resulting, okay. resulting, <laughs> resulting in not doing anything about it and paying your people in ways that you think are best or you talk to somebody who also doesn't know how to do it and you get a mishmash of, of salary uh, programs that don't make sense. And if you aren't aware of it, if you aren't aware of where you fit in with comparable jobs and compensation, you're going to start losing people and probably have already to other competitors where your employees may, may be getting a little bit more where you could have avoid, avoided the whole situation had you put in a salary survey and a program that would basically compensate and balance and take those things into consideration. Yeah, what typically what typically prompts this is not the owner. It's typically one of the employees that will be You're right. complaining about it, right? Because if we, if, if we ask the owners, they'll say, well, gee, so-and-so's not asking for more money, so they must be okay, right? That's, that's usually how they feel about it. I guess part of the fear they might have, too, is, well, if I, if I start to look at these things, what if I am, hey, you know, what if I'm paying Jack more than he's worth? What do I do then? Well... At that point, you I got I got to get rid of Jack. Because <laughs> I got to pay somebody uh, uh, what they're worth, whatever that means. We're we're so oh. far away from that. No, that I know, idea. but, but pe- people people will deflect and use all kinds of reasons not to kind of look into some of these things, right? And the the market, what you discover is, is the market's very very inefficient. What do I mean by that? So as we get some clients that have, have done a good job of kind of getting these ranges down, and it's all. It all becomes part of our profit plan when we start looking at the forecast. And we've talked about profit plan here before, which is basically forecasting out your, your, your sales or your revenue for the year. Well, you got to that real quick. I was going to challenge you and okay. say, what is a profit I know, plan? I can read your you, mind, You Jack. kept going, though. I know. I know, I know what you're going to talk about. So, <laughs> And the expense side of that, right? So forecasting our sales, forecasting our expenses, and often a big part of the expenses are the people. If you're in a service business, it's especially a big part of it. But even if you're not a service business, usually the, the, the wages part of it is usually one of the top two or three expenses in your company. So as you're forecasting that out, you want to be able to kind of see what that looks like. And usually for different roles or different jobs you have, you should have a range. Here's kind of what that's worth to us, right? And what's funny is if you start to look to hire people, you'll be amazed at how different their asking prices are. And I've gotten, we've gotten call from clients a lot where they, they'll call and say, well, gee, uh, you know, a great candidate, Jack, and he, and he fits what we're looking for. But man, he's asking for like ten grand less than what, like the bottom part of our thing's going to be. What happened? Yeah. Okay, so what you do is maybe you offer a little more than he's asking. You're still below the range, right? It's okay to bring somebody a little lower. From their standpoint, they feel like they're getting a great deal. Chances are that's the kind of person that was being tremendously underpaid some somewhere else. This is on the flip side. So here, if you're the one recruiting them in, right? And what what you're talking about, Jack, is that that's what if that's your <laughs> your employee who's being underpaid and they're looking out somewhere else, that's right? right? That's and right. And so that that happens a lot where the, 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 they don't necessarily know what they're worth. They really don't. I know most people in the small business environment don't know what they're worth. Uh, if they they'll look at posted jobs or they'll look at something where a salary is is you know listed, but it doesn't reconcile the job to the companies. So there's all you know. There's just so much confusion. And another thing, so since we're talking about this, is people who come to you who are quote overqualified mm. unquote. And you know the old HR rules emanating again from uh, from big corporations and the like that that say you don't do that. You pay somebody within the range uh, uh, of 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 their expected uh, salary. We think that's a bunch of bull. Yes. And why do we say that? I'll take any day bringing somebody on overqualified 
who I know is going to be looking for a job, even if you know I'm only going to uh, have their their gracing our our operation for four months, three months, whatever it is, they will enthusiastically with that so-called quote unquote overqualified position add value to our company and the, just the short visit that they they have and that added value is worth so much more so much it 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 brings ideas to the table it it tells you how to do certain things based on experience based on the quality of person and we we don't hesitate at all to coach our clients on overpaying if you will using that word so inappropriate uh, to an overqualified person. Let that overqualified, overqualified person come in and it teaches you as the business owner how to recognize a good employee. It's one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest that Adam and I have. You know, in our vast experience, we've experienced good employees and the work it takes to define what a good employee is. But the impact a good employee can have on the company is literally immeasurable. And it's usually, in fact, not usually, I would go so far as to say it's always positive. So don't be afraid. You've got to understand where your pay grades fit into the industry so you can, as Adam said before, uh, make sure your people are paid in the top 25 percentile. That way, if they shop you, they aren't going to get a better deal more often than not. And also, if you can hire good employees... The, the the learning curve is so reduced and the impact is so positive, it's unbelievable. Just three months with a good employee, a real good employee. All right. If people leave because they aren't happy or they aren't a good fit for the job, that's okay. But if it's because, hey, they're being underpaid and they really don't want them to leave, that's all, that's where it becomes tough. I guess, well, again, as I, I think I mentioned before, we're all very rational beings, right? And so the whole idea of bringing somebody who's overqualified, right? Well, Joe... I don't want to insult the insult her, insult her, Jack, because you know, I mean, she was making you know twice that at, at her prior job, we, and we say, so, so what? That's right. right? I mean, you're not forcing her to accept the offers, and here's what this position pays from our standpoint. And if they're willing to take it, they'll take it for for a variety of reasons. Often, people that the pay is only a, a, a one part of what people look for from a compensation or why they go somewhere, why they stay somewhere. Pay is one part, being involved with what's kind of going on, have the ability to kind of grow, having a chance to have their voice heard. There's a lot of things that people want to see in a role. And often there are roles where people are being overpaid for stuff in terms of the marketplace because the environment is so, people use this word toxic a lot. You know, I think people know what I mean when I say that. It's you know, just very negative. Where you know, It's not a positive feeling being there. I think we've all experienced that before. And if you had your choice, hey, you'd rather be in some place much more lively and positive and where you feel good about stuff versus dreading coming in every day. But I think you know, the, the, um, there's probably, a lot, again, a lot of things are probably buried deep in our psyche, especially for us male business owners. You know, you mentioned, like, gee, I can't go up to that girl and ask her out. You know, she's out of my league kind of thing, right? Well, she'll never say yes to me. Well, same thing. Well, I can never you know, give that guy an offer because he's, you know, he's, he's way overqualified. Well, wait a minute. Put it out there. What do you have to lose? Well, at the end of the day, it's you know, the same thing asking that girl. She, the worst thing she does is she, she says no. But, hey, she might say yes, right? Well, th- th- then what? Go back to the don't ask, don't ask questions. You don't know what the answer is to, right? That's they right. say yes. Well, okay, now what do I do, right? Well, how do I direct this person who's very, very qualified? Well, part of the beauty, which you're, I think you're alluding to, Jack, and you have a good person coming in, you give them some direction, but they take a lot of impetus on themselves. They'll, they'll, they'll go and just start doing, and usually it's the right stuff. 
because they have good experience and they know what's needed. They aren't just waiting for you to tell them what to do. They're, they'll kind of direct themselves and go, and they'll they'll maybe know more than you as the owner in terms of things to do. is isn't that they'll know more about your product or service, but they'll know more about how sure, things can or should run. and yeah. processes and procedures and politics that, that many small business owners haven't. You know, one one thing I used to, I still do, I still like that, the uh, the, the idea of running an ad, especially for mm-hmm. a salesman. Mm-hmm. For somebody, the ad is simple, really a few, few key words, and in effect the ad says, I'm looking for a salesman who wants to make $200,000 a year. Just by doing that, you, you knock out probably 70% of the, the people who really aren't ambitious enough to be the kind of salesman, depending on what your product is, of course. But, but for the most part, you're going to have self-filtering that so many people don't feel they're worthy or they could, uh, or somebody who's making 200 has to really be a highly skilled, uh, highly educated person, where no, not at all. I want to. I'm looking for somebody who wants to make two hundred thousand bucks a year, and this person thinks enough of themselves to respond to the ad and basically say, "Hey, I'm your person." I mean, it. it salary and compensation and reasons for coming and going are all over the place, and they often don't make a lot of sense. But we make sense. Yeah, I remember that. I think maybe some of the Sandler sales training were in Jack. They mentioned they did, they did a study like that. And it, it may have been like they started like forty thousand dollars, and they may have it, it may have been to one forty or two hundred right, whatever it was. But they, but they they went from that forty grand. They had hundreds of applications. And I think they went to one hundred forty thousand. I think they had three. All right, self so from hundreds right. to three. Right, and and to your point, it wasn't promising. I was to say, here's you know, here's the number. Okay, so well, I can't see myself being worth that, or how do I make that? Or okay, so um, so it's a great filtering technique, and. Uh, so yeah, from, from, you know, there's lots of ways to make that start to happen, but it's an important point in order to make sure that people got to see it that way. You got to see yourselves that you know, that way as the owner too. You want to have you want to have good people, good people that that know what they're doing. That again are probably smarter than you in many areas. That's okay because they're going to bring additional value to the business. And if you create the right environment, they're going to want to come and stay, not just be there for a few months. They're going to see uh, the ability to kind of come in and grow and be able to make things better. That's uh, there's tremendous satisfaction in, 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 from, a, from a good employee standpoint in seeing their ability to, to, to change and, and, and make things better. Again, what I mentioned earlier in terms of what an attraction of a small company often is, you know, having the heart is a big part of it, but also just the, the ability to make changes and, and, and make things better quickly versus going through all kinds of layers of tape and red tape and all that kind of stuff that makes it such a pain in the butt to be working for bigger corporations. So those are all very important things when you're talking about trying to, you know, figure out how to be able to pay your employees properly. So when we come back, we'll finish touching on this, and we'll probably circle back here to our, to our first question in terms of how do you kind of look to, to, to prompt a break of a long-term relationship. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. As we've been saying many times throughout this broadcast, we're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the myriad of how questions that, that plague them. That's a negative word, but it plagues them every day. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. MVP, that's the way to think of us. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. 
don't you wrestle with all those how questions on your own. We can help. We can help you solve those those, those how questions and get unstuck. We have a lot of fun doing it. Yes, we do. We like to have vocabulary lessons, too. So myriad, right? Which is... Nope. Myriad. 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 myriad? That's how it says you're supposed to pronounce it, but that's right. M-Y-R-A-I-D. Or I-A-D, sorry. It's one of those words. Myriad. Myriad. Anyway, it's a countless or extremely great number. It's a big (laughs) number, right? That's right. That's what we're talking about in terms of the how questions. There's a... I used to call it myriad, but I think it's myriad or... You know what we mean, people. Look it up. Yeah, that's it's, key. It's yeah. a bunch. As as There's a lot of them. As long as you know what we're <laughs> trying to say. And even if we don't say it the right way, that's all right. Like somebody was saying the other day, I think it was when we were together, Jack, there's a word for that in terms of making up words. Were you with me with that or somebody else was with me with that? BS? No, no, no. It's, <laughs> that's, that's one of the words for right? But they said, oh, yeah, there's, there's, some, through the moment. There's, some, yeah, there's some fancy word for, for making up words. Yeah, you know, I said, well, because what we, what we care about is that we're communicating, right? The, the word you're using, or if you're, if you're taking a word and you're making up a word, okay, well, that's all right. Um, it's kind of like Princess Bride. I don't think that word means what you think it means, something like that. And he just kept on saying inconceivable, right? I don't think that, that, that means what you think it means. So you can, you can make up words as long as we're communicating. So anyhow, so we're communicating well here on our show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And um, we've been talking about a couple of topics here so far on today's show. And one was how do you prompt the discussion of a potential break or a change of a long-term relationship. And That's then, where it all started, right. with that how question. And then we jumped onto the how do you know how to pay your people, kind of what range to pay your people. Because often what may prompt a discussion for somebody leaving is that if it's an employee standpoint, it might, might, might be from a pay standpoint. So and it, and it emanated again into, I uh, should emanate. that word up. But uh, no, you don't have to. No, no, <laughs> there go. It's okay, no, go ahead. <laughs> so it uh, emanated into getting... Uh, programs in place to keep your employees and how do you find a good employee all the overlap which is really what causes so much confusion to the small business owner how using that question again how do I sort all this stuff out how do I find good employees how do I pay them the right way how do I stay competitive it's endless just on talking about your employees how do I keep them motivated how do I give them flexibility how do I pay them such to where I'm going to be able to make money and continue to pay them? How, how, how? Who do you ask for these answers? Oh, you ask people like us. Well, one of the, the hardest things we've seen in the years we've been together, and we, uh, you know, it was even before then, but we've seen it a lot with, with owners of small companies, is how do you break that relationship with a long-term employee? And it, it's often the case when you're having some success as a business, you'll have some people who have been on board for a while and you might outgrow them. And what I mean by that is, you know, they might have been good early on, you know, or they were able to wear multiple hats pretty pretty well and help take take some pressure off you and add some value to the business. But as the business grows, the needs of the business grow. And if your people aren't growing with you and getting better and adding, you know, if, they, if they're kind of mired in their ways of doing things, right, if, if they aren't changing or, or getting better, they aren't going to be adding the value to the business, and often it'll start to cost the business, whether it be lost opportunities or lost productivity or just, again, you know, aren't able to keep up with the, the, the increasing number of variables that start to happen as you grow. If you grow from a you know a couple hundred thousand dollar business with a couple of employees to you're doing a couple million dollars and you got 10 or 12 employees, there's a lot of different variables now that are happening at that couple million dollar level that weren't happening when you're at a couple hundred thousand dollar level. And so if, you, if, if your team isn't growing with you, you often have to make some, some changes. And that can be a very, very tough 
discussion, a tough decision, even if you made the decision, to then execute that decision and make it happen and make that change happen. And it's something that we, when we, you know, we have, we've had clients that have, have taken months or years to, to make that, to, to pull the trigger, so to speak, and ones that decide never to do it. Even though, the, even though, even though they know, even though it's negative to the company and the know. operation, yeah. yeah, they well, in many cases they can't pull it. They they don't have the the ability to really get through that emotional emotional wall that that's required to make that change of a long term relationship. And we like to to frame issues when it gets mired. No, when it mired. gets. When it, when, it, when it gets bogged down, basically, you got it. <laughs> to say what is, what is the best decision for the company. And that's a, a great clarifying phrase, and it, it really faces the reality of the situation. Here we have this person who now has a serious drinking problem where he didn't 10 years ago. His, his uh, performance is, is heading down. I know you've known this person all your life. He's a great person personally to you but he's hurting the company. How do you make that decision? Now, by being so objective, we tend to be a little righteous uh, because we're so right. I, you know, and it's not an, an <laughs> arrogant thing. It's the, the, the objective facts say this person should go for the betterment of the company because here are six things that are costing the company money and, and morale issues. And, but at the same time, the reality, the human reality of it all is such where this person can't pull the trigger. And that becomes very difficult, a very difficult situation, because we know it's hurting the company, but yet the psyche of the person is is such where, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. Okay. Well, you don't have to be right to be righteous, do you? It helps to, oh, be, wait a to be right. That's a good question. Yeah. Some people are just righteous because they're, they're just righteous. They're a little stubborn, right? But... Uh, <coughs> Yeah. Well, when, it, when it, it sounds like you're clearing the deck and you're being 100% objective, especially yeah. to an emotional person, they're, so they're, they're hearing righteousness. They are. Um, it, 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 it's very tough. And, it, it, you know, I mentioned before, the, you know, I'll mention again, this is the third or fourth time from the show, I mentioned kind of the, the heart or the, or, or the feeling of a, of a small company. It's, it's, it's true. It, it's real. Whether the people are, are your family or not, they often become like that because you get to know each other pretty well. You spend a lot of time together. So it's hard to pull that trigger, but it's often, to, to, to Jack's point, it's a great, a great clarifying question. And, and we don't use too many of those, but it's great, great to have a handful of them. One is, what's best for the company? What's best for the organization? And if you can think about it from that standpoint, usually the answer appears. And then the question is, how do I know go about, go about doing that? And that's really where we come in a lot to help out with that. And so we're, we'd be happy to help, with, help, with, help you with that if you're having some struggles with that. If you know somebody's got to kind of move on and you're not sure how to do that, we'd love to chat with you. Whether you want to do it here on the air, or you can reach us when we're not in the air as well. So uh, thank you again for being part of our, our uh, this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And you're invited to tune in every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We're here live in the studio. In between, you can reach us via email at radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can get us on the phone at 877-849-0670. Hey, at Maximum Value Partners, we have fun with our owners of small businesses. Uh, we basically help them get unstuck, and we could help you do the same thing. So you can learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Monday. If you missed any part of our program, you can catch it up on uh, WINTradio.com and archive programs. You can go on to... On t oh, I'm sorry, we're on Wednesday. I'm, I'm still stuck on it. Right, so... 
Um, you can get the archive You're program. Is one of Wait, I'll help you get unstuck right. from that state of Monday. <laughs> you can get it. You can get us there. You can also go on to uh, to iTunes and, and get us there. Um, but anyway, you can stick, stay tuned for or join us next week again next Wednesday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern for more dirty secrets of small business. Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 13:30 a.m. The new 101.5 FM and online at wintradio.com.